0: Okay, welcome back to HealthSpan. This is part one of Dirty Genes by Dr. Ben Lynch. Most likely, neither you nor your doctor is used to thinking about your genes as this active, dynamic factor affecting your present-day health. Instead, your genes really seem like this unchangeable, unavoidable set of hardwired instructions that are just passed on from your parents at the moment of conception. Now, we know this is only partially true, but right now, while you're listening to this, Thousands of genes throughout your body are giving instructions to your brain, to your stomach, to your skin, to your heart, to different aspects of your anatomy. And with every breath you take, every object you touch, every thought you've had, you're giving your genes instructions and they respond. So genes are sequences of your DNA that are needed to make functional gene products. So we take sequences of your DNA, we transcribe that into RNA, and then we translate that RNA into protein. And those proteins then go on and do various functions in your body and affect different aspects of your health. And at the end of the day, you wanna give your genes the best working conditions possible. And if you consistently give your genes poor working conditions, they're gonna really hand out poor instructions. And this is because each backup gene is going to push onto the next backup gene, one after another, and before you know it, too many of your genes are gonna struggle your health will end up suffering, and in too many cases, your doctor won't be able to do much for you besides prescribe drugs uh, to kind of treat your symptoms. So in this book, Dr. Ben Lynch wants to go over seven different genes that may be affecting your health. Now, you have about 30,000 different types of genes in your body, but we're just going to zero in on these seven specific ones. And he states that some genes are born dirty, while other genes kind of act dirty. So the scientific name for a born dirty gene is genetic polymorphism or single nucleotide polymorphisms. And this is just a fancy word for saying variations in your in your genes. So most of us has have very similar genes in fact our genes are actually very similar to you know primates and other animals as well. But the main difference between you and someone else are these single nucleotide polymorphisms, these single nucleotide changes that, you know, differ between you and someone else. So there's four nucleotides, A, C, uh, G, and T. And you want to think of your DNA as just strings of these four four letters, these four codes that are giving instructions to your body. And these single nucleotide polymorphisms are just changes in those nucleotides that may differ between you and someone else. And these single nucleotide polymorphisms also may, also may be affecting your health as well. So we're going to see that down the road. So there are more than 10 million known single nucleotide polymorphisms, or SNPs. And one person can have as many as 1.2 million of these SNPs. However, only about 40,000 are known to potentially alter your genetic function. And in this book, we're just going to zero in on a key uh, single nucleotide polymorphisms in the seven genes, most likely to have the biggest impact on your health. So that that is what I meant by born dirty. So some genes are born dirty, you're born with these single nucleotide polymorphisms, but some genes may act dirty. So some genes are born dirty, some genes act dirty. So sometimes a gene without a single nucleotide polymorphism creates problems for you anyways. So that might be because you, your genes aren't getting the nutrients, your lifestyle, your environment, these different factors that may be affecting uh, these genes or genetic expression. So the genes that are acting dirty, the scientific name for this is just genetic expression. So the way your genes express themselves in response to your environment, your diet, your lifestyle, and your mindset. Okay, so we're going to go through the seven different dirty genes that are going to be discussed in this book. And we're going to go in great detail, but not until part two. So part one is all introduction. I'm just going to be discussing the things that dirty upper genes talk about SNPs a little bit more, and then finish off with methylation. So the seven different dirty genes that are discussed in this book. The first one, MTHFR, methyl enotetrahydrofolate reductase. That's a total mouthful, so I'm just going to say MTHFR gene. That's the first one we're going to be discussing. The second gene is the COMPT gene, or catechol O-methyltransferase. third one is DAO, or diamine oxidase gene. The fourth one is MAOA or monoamine oxidase A gene. The fifth one is GST or glutathione S-transferase. Sixth one is nitric oxide synthetase 3 gene. And the last and final one is the PEMT gene which stands for phosphatidyl ethyl anoaloamine N-methyltransferase. So I'm just, those names are very long they're very complicated, so I'm just going to use the abbreviations like NOS, or PEMT, or GST, or MAOA, or DAO, CompT, MTHFR. Those are the seven genes that we're going to be diving in deeply in this, these episodes. So what could potentially be dirtying up your genes right now? So let's start with the diet. So stuff like too many carbohydrates, too much sugar, too much protein... Not enough protein, not enough healthy fats, a shortages of nutrients that your genes need to properly work like B vitamins, vitamin C, copper, zinc. All that stuff in your diet can be dirtying up your genes. How about exercise? Sedentary lifestyle can be dirtying up your genes. Overtraining, electrolyte deficiency, dehydration, those kinds of stuff can be dirtying up your genes. How about sleep? So not enough deep restorative sleep, Irregular sleep patterns, going to bed late, getting up late, this can dirty up your genes. How about your environment? So, different environmental toxins like dirty food, dirty water, dirty air, dirty products like sprays, cleaners, cosmetics, etc. Those may be dirtying up your genes. And last but not least is stress. So, physical stress like long term illness, chronic infections, food intolerance, allergies, insufficient sleep again, and also psychological stress like issues at work you know, with the family at home, with your loved ones, with life, all that stuff can be dirtying up your genes. And I'll be discussing how to clean up your genes later on. Later on, uh, But for now, I'm just going to move forward and uh, talk about, you know, single nucleotide polymorphisms, which I kind of discussed a little earlier in this book. So why, why, evolutionarily speaking, do we have these single nucleotide polymorphisms? polymorphisms or SNPs. I'm just going to be calling them SNPs from now on because the phrase single nucleotide polymorphisms uh, gets tiring to say. So SNPs. Why do we even have SNPs in the first place? So from one point of view, SNPs are a real pain. Why would you choose to have a gene that feeds your anxiety, encourages you to be obsessive, keeps you from uh, falling asleep, or makes you kind of super sensitive to toxins? Uh, as we have seen, dirty genes are bringing strengths as well as weaknesses. So, S N P snips in the M T H F R gene, for example, can make you incredibly focused and determined to solve problems. Comp T snips can give you tons of energy and buoyancy, enabling you to face life with enthusiasm that may uh, that many less energetic people might envy. How about the G S T snips? So, G S T and D A O snips alert you early on. To the kind of disastrous effects that can that certain chemicals and food have on your body leading you to make healthier uh, long-term choices so every dirty gene has its upside as well as its downside so i i guess i forgot to mention what dr ben lynch means by dirty genes when we say dirty genes we're just talking about genes that are not functioning properly these genes are not being optimized because you're not giving it a supportive environment and it's thus affecting your health. So that's just what he means by dirty genes. These genes that are just not functioning properly, they're either overexpressed or not expressed enough. And again, they're causing a detriment to your health. So this is what he means by dirty genes. Now, scientists really suspect that SNPs have an upside, not just for individuals, but also for the community. So again, let's think evolutionarily speaking. Imagine a small band of early humans trying to survive in the forest or on the tundra wouldn't it be useful to have one person who reacted especially intensely to potential toxic foods or warning the rest of the group to stay away from those foods? Wouldn't you want some sort of obsessive guy who would never let anything go so the group didn't have to give up on solving problems? Or maybe a woman who was extra alert to the sounds of danger just as everyone else was falling asleep? This is potentially why SNPs, exist in nature, because we need those kinds of, um, you know, extreme of the spectrum people to kind of help us, you know, survive in this harsh environment. Think thousands and thousands of years ago. We really needed these people, evolutionarily speaking, uh, as a community to help us survive in the forest or, or in the tundra. So that's po- that's potentially why uh, SNPs even existed in the first place. Now, just to finish off... Um, This is going to be a super quick episode, but again, I'm just introducing you guys to the seven different dirty genes. I'm not going into detail until part two. We're just giving you a quick introduction. And to finish off this introduction, I'm going to be going over methylation. So he has this whole segment about methylation, your key to clean genes. So methylation controls your genetic expression. Whenever I say methyl or methylation, all I'm talking about is a specific molecule. So a methyl group is a carbon atom and attached to that carbon atom is three hydrogens, so CH3. That is a methyl group. Now methylation involves adding this CH3 or methyl group uh, onto something like a gene, an enzyme, a hormone, a neurotransmitter, a vitamin in your body. And with, when this occurs, we say that the, com- the chemical compound has been methylated. Again, methylation controls your genetic expression. So how does it do this? So whenever a methyl group attaches to some, to one of these compounds, it can often silence genes or, you know, turn them turn them off or it can it can express genes more or turn them on. So you want to think of methylation as this sort of tag on your genes. The CH3 molecules are tagging your your genes and they're causing the genes to turn on or off. So just to be a little bit more specific, but not too specific in detail. Let's say you have this gene, and in this gene, you have this promoter region, and this promoter region is needed for the gene to become expressed. Well, a methyl group may come along to this promoter region and block its signal. So methylation may silence, for example, the gene that is supposed to be expressed. So it actually impairs the transcription factor binding and prevents the gene from being read. So if the gene is not being read, it can't be transcribed into RNA. That RNA can't be made into protein. So that's what's going on with DNA methylation. So the methyl group, again, will go to these certain regions and then silence the genes. Now, this can be good or bad. Um, For example, this can be really bad if you, let's say, methylate or silence tumor suppressor genes. So you don't want to silence tumor suppressor genes because this can lead to cancer. So that's just an example of methylation. And, um, you know, whenever someone says methylation, that's what's going on. So I'm going to go into a little bit more detail. So let's see how methylation expressed, uh, it, you know, um, affects genetic expression. So methylation, as I mentioned, turns off many of the genes that can otherwise lead to chronic conditions, kind of like the scary kinds that run in your family. You know, depression, anxiety, heart disease, dementia, obesity. With proper methylation, you greatly reduce your chances of developing these certain conditions because methylation literally alters the instructions that your genes that your genes end up sending out. So I already explained this. He kind of says it in his words. Um, methylation is also needed for conversion of food into energy. So methylation helps create key compounds like carnitine, for example, which enable your body to burn fat as fuel. I talked about carnitine in the last episode how it's extremely important to get uh to, it's involved in the the production of fatty acid um oxidation so instead of um you know you're burning fat instead of storing it that's the that's the job of carnitine and we need methylation for that we also need methylation for cellular protection so produ- to to produce a strong cell wall you need good methylation um, methylation helps produce uh, phosphatidylcholine, which is a key element in your cell wall. You also need this uh, phosphatidylcholine to regulate the, uh, the rate of cell death and to make healthy new cells to kind of replace the 2.5 million that die every second. Uh, phosphatidylcholine is also needed for your bile, a substance which is produced by your liver, and the bile helps to kind of absorb fat and also regulate the bacteria in your, in your small intestine. Uh, We also need methylation for good brain and muscle health. So methylation also produces creatine, which I talked about extensively. This is a compound that uh, both your brain and your muscles use as fuel, right? It's the recycling of the ATP. We also need methylation for uh, production and balancing of different neurotransmitters. So biochemicals like serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, melatonin, these are all different neurotransmitters. And we get proper balance and you know production and degradation through the process of methylation. Methylation is also needed for stress and relaxation responses. It's needed for detoxification. So methylation also affects your ability to produce glutathione, which I will go into great detail in part 2. Methylation is needed for immune response, it's needed for, you know, cardiovascular function, it's needed for DNA repair. The point is Methylation is important, and it's it has so many different aspects on your health, and if you're not methylating properly, you know your health is going to deteriorate. And again, I'll be going into MTH MTHFR in part two that that all deals with methylation. So again, this is just a quick introduction, and I'll be telling you how methylation can go wrong. So how can methylation go wrong? Uh, first and foremost, poor diet. So poor diet. When you're not eating the foods your body needs, your body can't methylate properly. You need uh, protein, B vitamins, and a variety of nutrients that methylation uses to produce the cells of your body and your brain. Um, how else can methylation go wrong? Not taking in enough folate or folic acid. So you need folate in these leafy green vegetables like spinach, collard greens, turnip greens, uh, romaine lettuce, you need this uh, folic acid to methylate properly. And I'm not talking about um, uh, folate, I'm talking about uh, folic acid. So because folic acid resembles folate, it gets into your folate receptor where it can block uh, natural folate from getting where it needs to to be, which is inside your cell. So there's this difference between folic acid and, and folate. And we want the folate or the folic acid from you, you, sorry, you want the folate from things like, I mentioned, spinach, collard greens, turnip greens, romaine lettuce. Now, again, the artificial form of B9 is called folic acid. And that's found in stuff like packaged foods and additives and, you know, vitamins and pills. And that's not what we want. We want the the good stuff, the true folic, you know, the true, um, the folate from the greens and et cetera. So just to move on, the wrong amount of exercise also can affect methylation poor sleep affects methylation too much stress when your body is under stress it uses up methyl groups much faster than when it's relaxed so again the, the point is there's common barriers to methylation and it's a it's a long laundry list uh, too much alcohol infection inflammation oxidative stress small intestinal bacterial overgrowth all this stuff can affect your methylation now, how do you support methylation? Well, it's the exact opposite of stuff I just mentioned. You want good sleep. You want to avoid um, industrial chemicals and heavy metals. You want to reduce stress and have some stress relief. Uh, and you want to support your your methylation with proper, um, you know, without packaged foods that contain folic acid, you want folate instead. So that those are just ways of, you know, giving yourself good methylation. And I'm going to end the podcast here. And in part two is when we're going to go into the specifics. So that's when I'm going to talk about specifically the seven types of dirty genes that Dr. Ben Lynch talks about. So I hope you tune in um, soon for part two, where we take a deep dive into the specific genes, the MTHFR, COMT, DAO, nitric oxide synth- uh, synthetase, um, PMT, and so on. So I hope you tune in for part two where I discuss specifically the types of dirty genes that are dirtying up your health. So thank you for listening.